Welcome to another edition of the InsuranceAUM.com podcast. Last year alone, we had 13 companies that defaulted on their financial maintenance company. Insurance companies have embraced new ideas. Cost of capitals has gone up higher. It's critically important what's happening with the jewelry market for gold. The Fed's been trying to fight inflation with these rate hikes. The timing is just perfect. Once the market stabilizes, you should start to see an influx of deal flow. My name's Stuart Foley. I'll be your host. Welcome back to another Executive Spotlight. We have got a good one for you today. Sean Robinson, partner at Apollo, who works with Private IG and Corporate Solutions. Sean, man, thanks for being on. We appreciate it. Thank you for having me, Stuart. So we'll start this one off like we start them all. Where did you grow up? What was your first job? Not the fancy one, not the, you know, not the fancy one. (laughs) And what's a fun fact? Sure. So grew up in New York City and the surrounding area. First job, about 10 to 11 years old. I thank my mother for it. I went with her to a local hair salon where I was sitting, waiting, packed place, as you can imagine, on the weekend. And she uh, let the owner know that I had quite a bit of energy and a lot of time to spare. (laughs) And I ended up up running. I ended up running errands. And it, it turned into for, you know, 10, 11 year old kids who was basically a syndication hub for other jobs. You know, let my dog out, drop this off. You know, and I, had, I was able to interact with a bunch of adults, learn a bit. And um, I, I, I thank her for it. Wow. That's such an investment guy way to put it. And a syndication hub for jobs. That's great. Uh, and what's your fun fact? Fun fact is. Throughout my life, in varying degrees, I've been involved in martial arts and boxing. Oh, wow. You can tell, uh, given my age, that it's mostly you know for exercise at this stage, but it's had a profound impact on me, really on, on the kind of mental side as far as you know humility and patience and focus, and it does a really good job of balancing out you know an A-type personality. Wow. So I often you know think of that and do breathing work. And, and, you know, when I get too far out of shape, I, I dig back in. Wow. That's cool. That's yeah. really, that's real. That's a great fun fact. All right. So can you provide an overview of Apollo and help, help us understand your role at the firm? Absolutely. And there's, you know, there's a lot of views around Apollo, so I'll, I'll maybe just level set. So old Apollo is a publicly traded holding company. And if you think of it with two sides, one side of the holding company is Athene. And Athene's the largest retirement services company in the world, providing guaranteed income. On the other side, you have Apollo Asset Management, alternative asset manager, 550 billion of assets under management. And interestingly, particularly for this, for this podcast, Stuart, is you know, 400 billion of it is credit. And most of that credit is investment grade, which as we know, is sort of a natural fit from an insurance company portfolio perspective. Wow. That's, that's amazing. That's a, I I honestly didn't really realize the scale. So how, how does Apollo approach private credit and what differentiates it about the firm's credit platform? In other words, you know, where does private IG fit within the platform? Sure. So if we just step back first with, with credit division, uh, when we think of that platform, we we run the gamut from high grade to high yield, 
And, you know, the beauty of it is that we, you know, we're able to leverage that platform with partners and our colleagues. We work together. It's open format. We really focus more on the substance versus the form. So if there's a transaction or an opportunity, maybe it doesn't fit perfectly in one sleeve or the other, we'll come together and figure out how to solve it. Um, Within the credit platform, Private IG sits and we run a few businesses. One is a $30 billion private book, which is split out between corporate, roughly two thirds, about a third infrastructure and CTL, so credit tenant leases, investment grade, longer duration, strong relative value to publics. And, you know, when we, when we think of it, you, we had this discussion um, in the past, Stuart, and you think of, you know, what's the goal, right? And what are we doing? And what, what we focus on is really excess return per unit of risk, right? If you think of alternative asset managing, you think of private credit, our value is getting that excess return and essentially having safe yielding assets with that strong relative value. Simple to say, it's a lot of work, right? It's a lot of hard work. But thinking of the asset class, it's a, okay, what is the premium versus publics? What's the value we can provide? And how can that sit safely in insurance company portfolio? When at the end of the day, when we boil it down, we're providing income, guaranteed income. So we want to make sure it's safe and we want and, and we want to make sure we can match it appropriately. That's tremendous. And and one of the things, I mean, I, I'm very lucky that I get a chance to talk to guys like you that sit in some pretty amazing seats and I benefit from your visibility, right? So when you're looking at the market today, what opportunities are you seeing? Are there any sectors where you've been focused? Anything you're avoiding? I mean, it's been a topsy-turvy several weeks here, a lot going on, and, and which brings me to thank you for taking the time to do this with us. But can you give me a little bit of color in the markets? Sure. I, I may go back a little bit. I, I think literally last from last March, it has been wild, right? Really? We had yeah. you know, the most rapid run-up you know, from, from a rate perspective, inflation, all, all the, these different aspects. And navigating it has been you know both a challenge and an opportunity you know, i'd say we've we've been more on the opportunistic side you know picking our spots on one hand building liquidity for opportunities that you know will come in this environment you might not know exactly what they're going to be but you know they're going to come so you prepare on that side and on the other you know you're just very judicious with where you invest how you invest making sure you get the right structures and the right relative value so we've we've been playing both of those sides, I'd say, you know, when, when I step back and I think of private credit opportunities, a lot of times private credit, first thing comes to mind is leverage loans, which is massive, great business. But there's also a, a huge opportunity in private IG and in fixed income replacement, right? Where you're, where you're able to provide solutions, provide capital that will deliver, you know, increased spread from an investor perspective, but also provide a lot of flexibility for potential issuers. So I see a big opportunity. I'd say from a more drilled down perspective, we're really focused on the opportunistic side, infrastructure and project finance. Um, A lot to do there, whether it's in renewables, and you can go all the way to 
stadiums, right? This, this infrastructure fits really, really well. Insurance company portfolio, it's value add, and it's necessary and there's demand for it. Also in credit tenant leases uh, on, the, on the CTL side. We've recently, uh, if you go back, say six months to present, there's a bit more financials, you know, prior to the, the latest situations, but you think of financials more like BDCs and funds that have that have started to tap the market about for the last year. I'd say this is just my view, Stuart. I think there's going to be, you know, increased focus from new jurisdictions for privates. I think there's going to be, as I mentioned, more infrastructure. There's going to be a lot around green transition financing. You know, whether it's, you know, shifting away from carbon, financing that, all under a climate umbrella. It's massive. I mean, it's massive for us at Apollo. We had a podcast guest on, Phil Totolo at Mass Mutual, who was talking about, sure. you know, over the last little bit here, quite a while, there's been a massive bank disintermediation trade, right? And with the disruption that has happened of late, and this is just my opinion, no data. I can't imagine how banks are going to be a be larger, a larger component of the lending spectrum, right? It seems as though folks were talking about, oh, well, you know, once the 10-year note comes back up to, you know, 4% or whatever, this private credit thing is going to slow down. And it's like, it seems like private credit is here to stay and is going to be an increasingly important component of growth of the U.S. economy. What do you think about that statement? I totally agree. It's not a trade. It's not an individual. It's a long-term, repeatable, scalable business, and it's providing creative solutions that issuers, I think, will continue to come back for. I totally agree with that statement. Yeah. So, can you talk a little bit about why you think private IG makes sense for insurers and investors like Apollo versus accessing the public markets? And maybe just a little bit of history. You've been at this for a minute. I mean, I, I look like a gray schnauzer over here. You look much younger than me, but I know you have been at this a long time. I'll take that compliment. <laughs> Absolutely, <too. laughs> man. Absolutely. So can you give us a little bit of color on on kind of how things have evolved and where you see the the opportunity set or how I private IG fits. If we go way back where you know you and I even have to to read about it versus experience it, you know, before there were public bond markets, there was a private market. And that was effectively providing capital to what we could call like early day project finance and infrastructure, you know, railroads, mining, canals, basically infrastructure of today. So the market has been around for a long time. The market, and if, if you're at our age, you've also experienced when markets effectively close to an extent, private market doesn't close, right? Things are choppy, it's open, it's consistent. And from an investor perspective, what it, what it offers is alpha. If you take the view public markets are index cor- correlated, where are you going to get that excess return? And how are you going to get it in a safe manner? with strong structure. And from a private IG, you're either secured or you're parry on an unsecured basis. So you're, you're at the top level, you have a seat at the table and you have covenants. 
So I think that that's a big thing, just from a raw structure perspective and relative value. It also provides diversification. Right? You can go wider. You know, you can go you go global. You have different types of companies, whether it's corporate side or infra. It has a track record of lower historical losses, and it's an ideal asset liability match. And you can get the duration um, that you're looking for. And you have the ability to really conduct detailed due diligence to onboard credits. And there's a repeatable element to it. And everyone's portfolio is a bit different, but you know, rule of thumb, 40% or so of the credits, even if you take our portfolio, have a repeatable element to them. I always joke around, like most issuers don't pay back, they refinance, right? They, they come back again and you can build partnerships, and I'd say one of the top, top benefits are the other investors in the market. They're smart. They're long-term minded. When things get rough, and they do, things get rough, you have to negotiate. Amendments come up. You have to restructure at times. The private market investors, they don't run for the door. They band together. They figure out how to solve the problem. And they have a long-term mindset. And you know, frankly, I feel fortunate that I've been able to, to work in this market with the people that I do because it's definitely a collaborative environment. We're all competitors. We all want to win. But you can think of it as, you know, we have different teams, but we play roughly in, in, a, in a league, right? We're where everyone needs to act responsibly and, you know, work together to grow the opportunity set. Yeah. And your, your reputation's outstanding in that space. And it's really true. I mean, it, there really is a community in that space as you're describing it. So just a little, like, this is like me putting my professor hat on for a second. You use the term Perry, which is, I think, slang for Perry Passu, which means that you're treated the same as. So can you just kind of unpack what you meant when you said, when you use the term Perry? Sure. So if we think of, let's say a typical private IG structure, to some extent, it's an extension of a bank loan from a covenant perspective, both a covenant prior and a priority. So in all the cases where we're investing, as you said, Stuart, it's parry pursue. So you have a seat at the table and you're, you're at the top with banks and other lenders. You also have negative pledge priority debt protections. So that in any scenario where things do get a bit bumpy, there's the inability for you to be crammed, crammed out. And in the meantime, you have financial covenants. So that's really the premise. And if you think of it even in more technical like levels of, you know, whether it's a leverage test and so forth, there may be a quarter turn difference naturally for the duration, right? If it's a three, five bank, bank loan versus going out 10, 15, 20 years, it makes sense the company is going to need a little more flexibility. So that's fine. But at the end of the day, you're in line and, and you're, you're senior at the table. Good stuff. So can you walk us through a couple of recent deals or transactions, highlights? Obviously, nothing proprietary or, or anything like that, but just some examples. Sure. I'll start with a recent transaction that we did for a U.S. utility where they have a renewable portfolio two operational wind farms. And, you know, as I mentioned earlier, we have a really, really strong focus on climate, right? 
on ESG, on transition financing. And this was you know, an opportunity where it's a really, really good example where we leveraged our platform. We you know, had colleagues and partners from public side, from other sections on our infrastructure business. And we basically band together around this opportunity with a relationship at the C-suite with the utility. And we provided you know, a solution, an entire solution for the financing. And as a result, you know, we would expect to have others to follow. And it's the approach of that we take at Apollo is, you know, how can we be a great partner? And how can we, as I mentioned earlier, set up repeatable opportunities? And the beauty of it is that we can leverage a fantastic platform, right? So, I, I mean, I can walk around the floor, hop on the elevator and tap folks on their sh- shoulder and say, hey, maybe you're an expert in this space. You understand this better than I do. Can you join us and let's figure it out? And that's what we were able to deliver in this you know, renewable transaction case. Another recent, you know, relatively recent was for a, a, an arena in the UK. You know, great sponsor. We've done a lot of transactions together and we, we basically underwrote the entire transaction. We were able to bring in other investors and leverage our team on the ground. So, so the, the project portion is underwritten in the private group, but I, you know, I was able to reach out to our colleagues on the ground in London because it was a construction element and get their feedback and get their help and work together to, to basically deliver an entire solution. That's such a cool way to invest. I mean, it, that is real. It really sounds cool. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of hard work, Stuart, but it's a lot of, I mean, it, it, it's energizing. Yeah. I mean, I can tell you love it. I mean, I would, I would think I would love it too. That's, that's really cool. So one of the things that comes up, right, is people start talking about ESG and then there's this trade-off of, well, yeah, I want to, I'm focused on ESG, but I still need to get a competitive rate of return out of my, off my investment portfolio. And you guys are, you've mentioned that you're focused there. How does Apollo's private IG business support the firm's ESG and sustainability goals? That's a great question. So maybe I'll start with, um, I'll see if you agree with me, Stuart. If I went back a few years and ESG was mentioned, it was, came more from a do no harm perspective than from a, how do we do good? How do we optimize? You know, how do we make sure that the right things are being done? And I feel that if in the U.S. particularly, it was a little bit behind, you know, just as far as being addressed. Uh, fast forward, we really took the view that it's absolutely important, it's critical. And you know what? It's not mutually exclusive. You, you, don't, you don't necessarily, you don't have to give up to be successful, right? You don't have to give up basis points. And I'm super impressed with what's happened in the overall market the last few years. And I think everybody, you know, has come together. And if you take it to, you know, what we're doing at Apollo is, you know, we have credit teams that work in direct partnership with our ESG teams, right? So it's, it's fully integrated. We underwrite our credits, you know, from a credit perspective and from an ESG perspective, right? And, and again, there's commonality between the two and we look at it, you know, from a firm view. And so for it's, 
the team, the ESG team we have is best in class. They're, I think they're ahead of the curve and they're helping us drive that in everyone's respective portfolio. So we can look at it from that perspective and then we can look at it from the top. And there's areas of energy transition, right? It's going to be a little bit dirty for a while, right? How do you address that? Because that has to happen too. And in the meantime, you know, what solutions can be provided? But we're, we're all over it and I think it's awesome. I think so too. It just sounds like an amazing, amazing shop. And that takes me to, you know, where I've gone before, right? So I taught for a quite a little bit. And I had a lot of students who, uh, you say insurance and they roll their eyes, right? They only know the, sure. the consumer brands that are advertising for personal auto or whatever. And what's somewhat lost is the idea that insurance companies are very smart money and it is a very good career path for someone who's interested in being an institutional investor. And I, I mean, just, this is just as sincere as I could be. Like if I was a guy coming out of college and to go to work for you in your team would be like hitting a freaking lottery. It's a phenomenal opportunity and a phenomenal environment. If you can go back to when you were coming out of college and you were 21, two, three, whatever, what advice would you give somebody at that stage of the game to end up in your seat today, what are the important things that they should be thinking about and doing? I would say, you know, particularly when you're younger, be open-minded, be curious, ask a lot of questions. Don't think of mistakes as, as fatal, right? You're going to make some, you know, so you're going to catch a few bruises, and surround yourself with folks that you can learn from. And that I think that's really the key in my mind um, and even in my, my experience. That's great. I just think it's, I mean, it's so, it, you, you've done a, an amazing job. It's an amazing firm that you're with. And, uh, and I really appreciate you taking the time to be on with us. I've got one more. This is my, this is my new for 2023 question that like, sure. I don't know if this, I mean, I asked ChatGPT to give me some questions. <laughs> it didn't help me much. I got to be honest with you. So this is my own, right? So here we go. And we've gotten some really interesting answers to this. Who would you most like to have lunch with, alive or dead? How about that? That is a... That's a good one, yeah? It wouldn't have to be one person. It could be a group. You could have a table for of four, right? You and three others. Whatever, whatever, however it works. Probably sounds a bit cliche, but I would. I, I I've always wanted to sit down with Buffett. Oh, there you go. Yeah, it's on my list. That's cool. Yeah, I mean, you never know. I don't. I don't know if he listens to our podcast, but you know, we can hope. <laughs> <laughs> it's really cool. I mean, I I worked for a firm that was owned by Berkshire and. And had the chance to be in the room with him a couple of times for like a couple hours each time, right? And it's it's amazing the the wisdom that he shares. And it's also amazing how somewhat like common sense it is. I think that's a really cool choice. And particularly 
in your seat, like, you know, how he views markets and how he views opportunities. That, that'd be a good conversation. And when I was younger, it would have to be just given background, it'd have to be Bruce Lee. Really? Oh, that's cool. Well, a table with Bruce Lee and Warren Buffett, that would be, <laughs> that would be really be one heck of a meal. <laughs> heck of a meal, right? <laughs> you don't know what you're going to get. Yeah. So listen, man, thanks for being on. I, I just, I really appreciate you taking the time and sharing your thoughts with us. I mean, I've, I learned a lot like I always do, but I, I really, this was really enjoyable. I, I hope you think about doing it again. Absolutely. Stuart, thanks for having me as a guest. Always great to speak with you. Thanks so much. I appreciate it. We've been joined by Sean Robinson, partner at Apollo and working in the private IG and corporate solutions team. Thanks for listening. If you like us, please rate us and review us on Apple Podcasts. We certainly appreciate that. My name is Stuart Foley, and this is the insuranceaum.com podcast. Thank you.